0: We play like we play, we be us, we be special, we smell greatness, we finish strong. From the top, we One! Two, three, four. What's up, everybody, and welcome back to the Big Easy Bets podcast. I'm your host, Logan, and with me in the studio, Nick Von Brick. I take a and I'm finished. All right. Uh, XFL Week 1 is in the books. Uh, UFC 247, we're going to be recapping. Um, I'm going to talk a little college basketball, let y'all know where you can find our picks for all of that. But, yeah, XFL Week 1 came has uh, come and gone, and I got to say, I am thoroughly impressed with the product of play that they put out on the field. Uh, So we'll get into that very shortly. First things first, this is episode number 28, and Big Easy Bets is brought to you by Hold the Mayo, uh, www.htmsports.com, your number one place for unfiltered sports entertainment. Uh, You can follow us on Twitter at Big Easy Bets, and then follow Hold the Mayo at HTM Sports. I mean, if you haven't checked us out yet, you're missing out. It's what I said last episode. You got to get on it. Um, also, for all of your up-to-date XFL news, you can go tune into the XFL Scoop podcast, also affiliated with uh, Hold the Mayo. So these guys are up-to-date on everything going on with the league. They also had a, a really nice interview with uh, uh, Chase Jeet. No, Colin Jeter. Yeah, I'm tripping. Colin Jeter, the uh, old LSU tight end. He's now with the um, – the dragons i believe so he's playing in the xfl they got him on for an interview and it was pretty cool to get some insight for somebody playing in the league and who was kind of jumping around in the nfl for a little while there so so what are your thoughts on the league week one in the books um dude it, it surpassed my expectations yeah i thought so too i thought it uh it's solid. I mean, the main thing that I was worried about, and that's what I saw some people complaining, like, "Oh, it's not that high scoring, this and that." It's not about scoring for me. It's about competitive games. Yeah, the games were super competitive. All of them really were to start, mm-hmm. and that's what you want. You
1: never want to see a, a professional game that's, um, you can tell who's going to win after the first couple of drives. Yeah, and in, in in all in in all the games, I think, um, even the ones that were settled by double digits were
0: were settled later on in the mm-hmm. game, not not early in the first half. Yeah, the only one, the widest margin of victory really was, uh, I mean, there was you had a 37-17 win uh, with the Roughnecks over the Wildcats, but they kind of pulled away towards the end. Then you had the Guardians beating the Vipers 23-3. to And if your stats are correct, you uh, Nick said that the Vipers uh, put up the most yards of offense out of anybody else in the league. So clearly they just couldn't. Couldn't find pay dirt there, but they were moving the ball on the Guardians. So. Yeah,
1: Aaron Murray threw two two interceptions. I didn't get to watch his game, so it's interesting that they put up the most yards, if in fact that uh, the XFL app has the correct stats up there, but they um, score the least amount of points. So, um, yeah, I wish I would have been able to watch his game, but I I
0: wasn't. So, yeah, I, I watched them all. Uh, Aaron Murray definitely did not play. Um, as good as I thought he would. Clearly he didn't play very good at all. But um I think he'll turn it around. I think he will get it going. But uh what about the Battlehawks? My long shot to win the uh the championship. Battlehawks, what were they eight point underdog, nine point underdog? Yeah, they closed at at nine and a half point underdog. Getting the win outright against the Renegades. That's uh that's impressive. The Renegades are the far and away favorite to win the league, so I'm sure that is not the same anymore. Um which that's what it's it, what I said, you're kind of going into that week blind uh, so for them to have a favorite on who's going to win, nobody got nobody was able to get their eyes on the product until this past weekend so to kind of it's it, it's it's near impossible to predict who's going to win at that point so <clears throat> I think when I look today, the updated odds on winning the xFL
1: championship um the d c defenders were favorites uh above just above the um Houston Roughnecks who mm-hmm. who was one of our picks for for the XFL championship last episode.
0: Yep. Yeah, no, I think uh yeah, PJ Walker's leading the league in uh passing yards. So yep. last week two four touchdowns. When
1: we um did the introduction to the XFL, we talked about who we thought were, was going to win the XFL championship and one of our um picks were the Houston Roughnecks. Last week they were um, plus nine hundred nine to one. Uh, this week they are three to one favorites now. They're, they're they're just below the um jump. the <clears throat> the defenders. Yeah. Who to me I think if you ask me the uh, Roughnecks look better than the defenders.
0: Yeah, no. After that first week, I would say so definitely. No, yeah. Walker, uh, he's got to be the front runner for MVP of the league. I mean dual threat guy leading the league in yards. I mean, I get there's only been one game, but he looked impressive. He yeah, looked,
1: he played flawless down to the end and then he threw that interception yep. when the
0: game was really out of reach, so. Yeah, no, he put in an impressive performance for sure. So, um all right, let's see real quick. We'll recap the games obviously. So, the first game of the weekend was the DC Defenders versus the Seattle Dragons. Um I was on the Defenders. I think you were on the Dragons, correct? Yeah. Yep, so D.C. winds up winning 31-19. Uh, that's a big easy bet for me. Next game, we were both on the Roughnecks, and they win by 20 over the Wildcats. Um, so 2-0 for me, 1-1 and for Nick on the Saturday. Uh, Sunday, <clears throat> you've got the New York Guardians versus the Vipers. I was on the Guardians as I think they were a five-point underdog. Uh, they win by 20 over the Vipers. And then you've got the Battle Hawks winning outright over the Dallas Renegades as nine-and-a-half-point underdogs, which um, clearly Vegas didn't see coming. So if you'd have told me that Landry Jones wasn't going to be playing, I wouldn't have took the Renegades. You know, Bob Stoops, I feel like that kind of sold me on them right there, getting that connection back together. And the quarterback that they had in, they said, was – A week ago, he wasn't even on the team, so not a recipe for success. Um, But it happens. I'll take a 3 and one weekend. Good start to the league. 2 and 2 for you. Um, I'm not ready to give out big, easy bets for XFL. I'm not going to lie. I don't know if you are, but I'm not handing out a lock yet. I I can't feel confident about any of these uh, picks that I would classify them as a lock. So, I don't know about you, if you've got one. I mean, I do like one, but um... (laughs) – All right, well I guess
1: we'll get there when we get there.
0: Yeah. So before we recap uh UFC 247 quickly. Um so as I was talking about previously back in the year um there, it, it's difficult to put out picks for college basketball on a on a weekly podcast because obviously the major days for college basketball are Tuesday and Saturday. So we would have to do and then there's other games sprinkled in there throughout the week. So we would have to do multiple podga- podcasts per week. So it just it doesn't make sense for us to do it that way. So what I've been doing is I put all of my picks for college basketball into a blog on Hold the Mayo. So if anybody's interested in those picks, which it's college basketball, if, uh, if our college football records tell you anything, we know what we're doing when it comes to college sports. Um, you can find all of those on uh, htmsports.com. I post them to uh, the Big Easy Bets Twitter. Uh, with a link to directly to the blog. So started out with a rough zero and three start. That's why I said we were easing ourselves back in. We're wading in the water, not diving in. And then um, bounce back with a great weekend, five and two. I got four plays tonight uh, that I have out on the website right now. So looking to keep it going. I'm feeling pretty good. Feeling hot. I told you I was going in on. I told Nick I was going on Ohio State. And they shit the bed, so I doubled down on Houston, and uh, they won by 40. so it was a good weekend, I would say. Three and one in the XFL, five and two in college, two and0, UFC, all around good weekend. You know? Yep. So all right, let's see. We'll get into the UFC 247 fight card real quickly. very controversial card. Um, I only had two I only picked two fights. Pick Derek Lewis, the Black Beast, and then obviously John Jones over Dominic Reyes in the main event. Um, so we can start with the the Derek Lewis fight because this one, both of these, this one and the main event, uh, had some controversy surrounding it to the public. Um, so give me give me your take on Derek Lewis and his performance because I know you said you felt like he won the fight.
1: Yeah, I mean a lot of people were trying to argue that uh, Latifi. Did enough with the takedowns, but w- when you look at the significance of those takedowns, there was no damage. He didn't advance. He'd never had Derek Lewis in any type of um, position that we ever thought Derek Lewis was in trouble. The only thing was was that he c- couldn't get him off of him. Yeah, I, I, and to me, that's just not um, that's not what it what uh, wins fights. Not yeah, we putting had, pressure on who- somebody. Like that, I mean, the referee had to stand him up twice in this fight. Yeah, and to me, that's big. Um, that's losses of opportunity for Latifi. And uh, when Derek Lewis was on the feet, he was getting the best of him.
0: Yeah, he wasn't. Whenever Latifi would take him to the ground, he wasn't trying to advance position. He wasn't trying to really do any damage at all. It looked like he was just trying to lay on him. And that's why when the ref stands you up twice, I mean, you're not really doing anything to fight. You're not trying to fight. So, and and then yeah. So there was a lot of people complaining about well the takedowns this and that. I don't think the takedowns should be worth all that much. If like if you take somebody down and he pops right back up, don't don't they? In there like they don't really. Because who was it was arguing that? I think it was uh, John Jones might have argued that in his fight. Like I can't remember who. I, I'm segueing. Yeah,
1: and we'll get there when that when we talk yeah, yeah. about that. But in this fight, man, Derek Lewis undoubtedly won the. Won the first round. Um, That guy, Latifi, has a serious chin. Oh, yeah, he does. Because he took some some big shots from Derek Lewis. In that final and, and, round, and Lewis the th- second round, Latifi clearly won that round, dominated the whole round. But then mm-hmm. the third round, it looks like, would okay. You have,
0: would you have called it a 10-8 round? I don't think that I would have given no, it a
1: 10-8. No, he didn't do sh- he He dominated by way of laying on top of Derek Lewis. And, and in that round, he got stood up. Yeah. So, you go to the third round where it looks like Latifi's dominating again, not doing any damage, but um, Lewis taking em- Derrick Lewis, Lewis down empty. and keeping him on the ground.
0: Lewis emptied the gas Well, tank there the was end.
1: a minute and a half left in that round, and Derrick Lewis got up, and I think if it was anybody else, he would have finished Have mm. finished him with, with the shots he was landing. He was landing very significant shots, heavy. Um, a
0: couple of those uppercuts I thought were going to put him down. Yeah,
1: I mean, the guy just ate him, but. <laughs> When you look at it, uh, Derek Lewis did more damage than than Latifi did to to Derek Lewis, and I think that's a, a big thing that goes into scoring these fights. If it, if I were a judge, I would have give the first round to Derek Lewis, and in the sec in the third round to Derek Lewis.
0: Yeah, I would agree. I mean, <clears throat> he he just yeah, like you said, he didn't do enough damage. He went he just when he would get on the ground, he would just lay there. You're not trying to better your position. You're not trying to even do any remote. Semblance of damage. So I don't understand. <clears throat> can't clear my damn throat. I don't understand why Derek Lewis kept throwing that flying knee, though. You know, he kept throwing the flying knee and then Latifi would get the underhooks and then take him down. Like, I, don't, I, I, I was very confused. Why Why do you keep continuously doing the, the same thing over and over again? You're tagging him with your hands on the feet. You want to throw a flying knee here and there? So be it. But it's like every time he would get back up, he'd come in with a flying knee. And that's what I wrote a blog on Derek Lewis, saying he'll he'll throw some kicks and he'll throw some strikes that make you go, like, what the hell was that? And that's what he does. I mean.
1: Yeah, well, he even hit Latifi with a couple of head kicks.
0: <clears throat> yeah, I know. Yeah, and
1: he, the guy just ate everything Derek Lewis threw at him. I mean, if this was anybody else, Derek Lewis would have won by knockout. <laughs> and then for Latifi to, okay, yeah, he got takedowns, whatever. I mean, Latifi didn't do shit. on the ground it's it's a bottom line
0: yeah no yeah I I was okay with the decision he would
1: get him on the ground and and throw body shots yeah
0: I mean let's put it this way if they would have gave it to Latifi I wouldn't have been shocked but I'm also I don't have a problem with them giving it to Derek Lewis I don't I don't I'm okay with that I don't feel like it was as one-sided as some of these people are trying to make it sound on the internet so yeah I mean I'm okay with the the decision there so, all right. Well, you didn't pick another fight on this card, right?
1: Um, I had the John Jones with
0: you. No, no, I know. I'm talking. Yeah, yeah. Other than the main event, is what I mean. So, yeah, yeah. I had
1: thought about picking that one fight. Um, Juan Adams and yeah, what was the other guy? Mm, can't remember. The um, Samoan looking guy, Hawaiian
0: looking guy. Yeah, um, he looks like Mark Hunt, but he's not Mark Hunt. Hmm. Yeah, Mark Hunt is not a fan of the UFC these days. Um, so yeah, main event you got John Bones Jones versus Dominic. What's his nickname? The Dominator. Yeah, Reyes. Oh God, um, Reyes fought a solid fight. I got to give it to him. A lot better than I thought he would. Um, but again, I'll let, I'll let you go because I know you you were very opinionated on the. Uh, on the decision here, because again, some people were arguing that uh, the the unanimous wasn't there a unanimous in favor of Jones.
1: I mean, there was all, it was a it was unanimous one. decision. One judge scored at four, four to one. To That's one. what it
0: was. That's what it, yeah. One judge had it four to one. I don't agree with that. I don't see how you get that, but I I, I do side with John Jones in the with him winning in the sense that in the championship rounds, Reyes was non-existent. You got to you can't leave it up to the judges when you're fighting the champ. You got to take out the champ. You got to leave no question. So, what are you, what are your thoughts on the uh the main event? So,
1: when I first watched this fight um at the end before it was announced who won, I thought that John Jones uh won 3 rounds to 2, winning the second round, the fourth round and the fifth round. Um Dominic Reyes winning the first and the third round. But um, what a lot of people are arguing is that Reyes won the third round. I mean, that John Jones, the round that's up in the air is the third round. Yeah. To me, it's not. I rewatched the fight just to confirm that I'm not getting shit mixed up. Um, the third round, to me, Reyes clearly won. In the, in the second round, when I rewatch it, uh, I would say Reyes won that one too. So, so upon rewatching three. it. I would have given the three rounds to uh, Dominic Reyes. <laughs> but um, when you look at that second round, yeah, Reyes is throwing a lot of, of volume, but um, John Jones, really, to me, that was one of it. That was a more successful round for him than the third round. To me, the third round, Reyes clearly won. Yeah. Um, mm-hmm. Dominic Reyes uh, stuffed the takedown attempt from John Jones in the third round. Reyes doesn't get taken down in his fight until the fourth
0: round, so. Um yeah, I don't see how a judge can possibly come out with a four to one. No,
1: nah, I mean if anything, I mean I didn't rewatch the fourth and the fifth rounds. I just rewatched the first three. Um and yeah, when I rewatch it, man, I mean, did Reyes get robbed? Um it's just surprising that I wouldn't call none it of robbery. the judges saw it
0: going his way. I wouldn't call it a robbery. I but yeah, yeah, I don't agree with the unanimous. I could see a split decision. I wouldn't call it a robbery, though. I don't know that I believe if you're fighting the champ. I mean, he, he faded in those championship rounds. Yeah, and that
1: is one thing I do have a problem with. Yeah, I understand um, fighting a fight tactically and thinking that you're ahead and and just trying not to get knocked out, and that's important. But when you're fighting for a championship belt... Leave it all out there. You got you to... Gotta, you can't leave it in the hands of the judges
0: in that type of way. Yeah. No, I agree. That's that was big uh for cuz I went back and rewatched it as well. Um I I mean, you got to you got to go for broke there. You're trying to win a world title against the pound for pound greatest fighter in the world right now and possibly the greatest fighter of all time and you you were probably you were winning. I mean, did he get robbed? I I don't like the word robbed. Um but I don't agree with the unanimous, unanimous decision for John Jones. And, yeah, I mean, it It could have gone either way, in my opinion. So, I don't know. I just feel like robbed. I felt like Jones could have won the fight. Like, it didn't shock me, so I wouldn't call it that he got robbed. I didn't think it was a guaranteed um, that has won the fight. First time Gennady Golovkin and Canelo Alvarez fought, I thought, without a doubt, Gennady Golovkin won that fight. I thought that was a robbery. Who who was it? Uh, was that the Adelaide Bird fiasco with the judge? That was a boxing match. I'm pretty sure that was when Teddy Atlas was losing his shit on ESPN. Adelaide Bird was the name of the judge who had it like not oh, yeah, even not even remotely name. not even remotely close. Yeah, it's to the crazy other when you see understand. something like that. Yeah, it's like what are you what are you watching? Who paid you? What are you what are you doing? Because there's no way. It's crazy in one of those fights in it resulted in a draw I think it was that first fight with Gennady Golovkin and Canelo Alvarez and uh she had El—I mean uh yeah she had Canelo winning like eight rounds like something fucking ridiculous like I remember I was so mad after that and then they fucking the second fight was much closer in my opinion but I still had it going to Golovkin and then they gave it to Alvarez I it seemed very uh and this is segueing from the UFC, obviously, but it's in the same, it's in the fight game. It's dealing with judges. My point is, I don't understand how there can be such a discrepancy in the judging of these fights where, where two judges are on the same page, it seems, and then one judge is way out in left field like they're watching something else. Like, I, I, don't, I don't understand. it. There's always controversy. There's always room for conspiracy, you know? Yeah. I mean, to me...
1: They're talking about a rematch, yeah. I think a rematch is certainly deserved—an immediate rematch
0: as soon as both fighters are healed. I'll tell you what—I want to see more out of John Jones. His last few fights have been very underwhelming, like lackluster. I don't—I mean, he looks like he's going into survival mode, and he's just—I'm gonna—I'm gonna point my way to a victory, like none. And if I were to make a prediction, I think.
1: Dominic Reyes is going to have a harder time to beat John Jones in in the rematch, but oh yeah. You never know. I mean, if he can get his cardio to a level where he can sustain the output that he um did in the first 3 rounds, then it could be an interesting fight, but um if you let John Jones figure you out, I mean, then you're going to be in trouble. It's just that simple
0: and Yeah, no, he's too good. He's been too good for a long time. Where if, if you get he gets another shot at you and you're not throwing anything different at him? I mean, it's going to be it's going to be same result. Um <clears throat> so yeah. 2 and 0 on the night for uh the UFC, which I mean, two controversial fights, but wins a win, we'll take it. I got robbed with uh Jose Aldo over Marlon Moraes a couple weeks ago, so I'll take it back in my favor. I don't know where that puts our overall records at, but mine's pretty solid. Like I uh, if I'm if I'm guessing if I'm guessing, I'm saying like sixteen and four. Sixteen and five. It's in that range without a doubt. I wanna say I was fourteen and four. Pretty sure. I'll find the exact i I'm not sure. The, I'll get the exact record. Yours is not as good, I'm not gonna lie, but you're taking a little more risks than Yeah, your, I do uh, a lot of underdogs. Yeah, well Nobody's making you. Nobody Well makes that's you. how you get the like Let's
1: say you put a hundred bucks on John Jones this past fight at no, I know Plus four fifty. I mean, you're
0: making shit off that. I know, but taking Poirier make over more than at McDonald's. Take Poirier over Khabib. That's there's just no way.
1: He almost had him. Nah. He really, if he would have had his legs around him, he would have finished him with the guillotine. Yeah, I don't know. Dude. He didn't have it, he, he didn't went,
0: have the legs to apply the pressure. He went for broke. I mean, yeah, he he sold out on it. So
1: he was he had it. I would have liked. To the only thing him. he didn't have was the legs yeah look big fight not this next one but i mean coming up soon that could be tony tony ferguson. ferguson that's gonna be an interesting fight
0: yeah it is even more than that you got um uh wilder versus fury two coming up in what two three weeks yeah want to talk about a robbery for who for fury yeah to call that a draw i mean wilder fury won the 10
1: rounds I know, but two knockdowns. It doesn't matter. Two, two knockdowns? You can't, even if you gave him a 10-6, <laughs> he still don't win. And ain't no such thing.
0: Yeah, I mean, you got two knockdowns. One looked like he killed the guy.
1: Yeah, and he, Tyson Fury got back up in the 12th round and won the rest of that round. It don't matter what it looks like. It matters what happened. Yeah. I think I mean he schooled the shit out of him in every other round.
0: How do you think it's going to go in this next one then? We'll we'll very we'll do a quick look ahead before we actually dive into it with the episode when once that gets a little closer. We'll uh we'll make our picks for that fight, but very quickly. What do you think uh the second go round how's it going to go?
1: I mean, I'm leaning Fury again.
0: Really? Yeah.
1: But I mean, o- of course, Wilder always has a chance to knock him out. To me, Walder has a hard time <clears throat> Uh I haven't seen much improvement in his in his game. He's just always been that guy oh, yeah. <laughs> that knocks people
0: out. I think he's got like thirty five first round knockouts. Um so yeah, he he's quoted at saying that I don't have to be perfect. My opponent's gotta be perfect the whole fight. I only gotta be perfect for two seconds. And then it's good night. He said but oh yeah, also too Tyson Fury's predicting a second round knockout. Yeah, 100% he said that. That's I don't see that uh at least not on his end. I don't know. I mean, I like I like the confidence. They both said they're not leaving it into the uh they're not leaving it up to the judges this go round, so uh they're saying all the right things to make it sound like it's going to be a hell of a fight. So, we'll see. But we'll touch on that as it gets a little closer. We'll make our picks once the I mean, I know the odds are out, but I'm sure they're going to fluctuate a little bit, but We'll dive into that as it gets a little closer. So that wraps up UFC. Um, <clears throat> so yeah, three and one XFL, two and O UFC. Nick went two and two in the XFL and two and O in the UFC. So we're gonna keep track of all of our XFL records just like we did for college football and the NFL, um, and we'll keep track of our combined record as well. But so as of right now, I'm sitting at three and one. He's at two and two. And we're moving on to week two of the XFL. So before we make our picks on the game, um, what I mean, what are you what are your big takeaways from the games? Rule rule changes or rule variations from the NFL. What would you like, would you not like? You got any negatives, positives on the weekend? Um, yeah, I like all the rules.
1: I like uh the kickoffs a lot. You know what one thing that surprised me was how well Marquette King punted the football. Oh yeah, he He's it? like best player on uh, St. Louis, dude. <laughs> no, yeah, that was a very I mean impressive. a fifteen to nine victory for, he for, punted for, that for one the ball, Battlehawks.
0: He punted that one ball like seventy yards and the It's area. like,
1: yeah, I'm I, it earlier in the last episode we were like, Well, why isn't he in the NFL?
0: I don't know why. And he that's what they were saying, even Pat McAfee said the same thing. The football's a little different. And uh Mark White King came out and tweeted saying that it's the hardest football he's ever had to punt in his life, but if you hit the sweet spot it will go. Which he showed. I mean, he booted that bitch like 70 yards in the air and then downed it inside the one, and his teammate comes and dives on it into the end zone. I was like, oh, my God.
1: Yeah, but the kickoffs I like, um, I think it's just. uh,
0: Pat McAfee's sideline commentary is fantastic. Yeah, it is. and uh, The interviews, all of that. The conversions are good, too. Yeah, I like that. It's a little twist. Um, The main thing for me is the transparency with the refs in the the booth, Um, there's nothing left to question. You get to hear everything that is being talked about between the upstairs booth and the referees. I I think the NFL needs to adopt that in fast because uh, that's what I said. I think I tweeted it out. I would have loved to hear Bill Vinovich's dusty ass talking about the no call in the NFC Championship game and try to hear him explain that. But I think they're doing a lot of things right uh, they've got the hype, they're getting promoted. I mean, ESPN, ESPN putting the spreads on the TV and then the over-under, I mean, that's just genius. Embrace the fact that people are gambling on these games. So, week one, I don't ha- I don't really have anything negative to say. I felt like the competition was solid. I felt like the rule changes. I mean, the kickoff's going to have to grow on me, but I don't really have anything negative to say. I think it, the NFL was a couple years from – making the kickoff obsolete. So hopefully this will keep it around and make it a part of the game because I don't think – you don't just get the ball, line it up on the 25 and go. That takes a complete – that would just completely change the game, in my opinion. you got an opportunity to go down and score. Late-game situations, Onside kicks would be taken out, kick, uh, kick return for a touchdown, all of that would come – be negated. So I like what they're doing. They're moving in the right direction. The talent's good. I put out a blog on Hold the Mayo um, about I want to see Johnny Manziel in the XFL. I really do. I don't think it'll happen. It's wishful thinking on my part, but I think he's still got game left. We saw him in the AAF, and he started showing flashes of the old Manziel a little bit there. So I think he would be great for television ratings. Um, I would love to see him back. A lot of people hate on Johnny Manziel, but you can't deny what he did in college. He absolutely lit the the college world on fire. Um, So I'd like to see it. Don't think it'll happen, but you never know. You got anybody floating around out there that you think would be a good fit for the XFL or that you would like to see? Antonio Brown is not going to happen because Vince McMahon was quoted. That's what I put in my article, that there will be no criminals in the XFL. So if you have any record or any past history uh, with the law, that you're not going to play. So uh, that answers that.
1: Yeah, I mean I wouldn't expect him to play anyway.
0: A lot of well, it was a trendy, a trendy option. Um Um First off, he would he would set probably the single game record the first game and that would never be broken for the XFL unless be, he decided to break
1: it. I don't know. There's a lot of good players in the XFL.
0: Joe Horn Jr. stood out to me. He can run some routes. I, could,
1: I didn't get to watch him.
0: I could see him he he's run some solid routes, so that's what I'm like. I don't know how old he is. I don't know the backstory on Joe Horn Jr. Obviously, love his dad. Going through some legal troubles right now, but when you good, what happened? What the barbecue sauce? No, nah, yeah, he. Um, I don't know. He was doing some. I don't know the the specifics, but he was like scamming the system, basically getting money from, like claiming injury or something like that. It was something that he was lying about something, and he was getting money for like
1: from who. The an insurance company? Oh.
0: No, yeah, it's it's with the NFL, I'm pretty sure. Slipped on that barbecue sauce and yeah. tried to blame
1: it on the NFL.
0: Yeah, it, <laughs> it's something <laughs> like that. That's what I'm saying. I don't know the specifics. All I know is he's dealing with some shit right now. But his son looked pretty solid. Uh, didn't exactly light it up. But, I mean, first week, pretty good. Definitely keep an eye on him. It's going to be interesting
1: to see if the XFL can get to a point within – The next two or three years, to where they can pay the players enough money to lure good backups away from the NFL. Yeah, and yeah, right now they're
0: not making shit.
1: Yeah, the players aren't making much money right now, but you know, I I think uh, the opportunity will come eventually for the players to uh, to make decent amount of money and for. For the uh, XFL to be able to pull away good NFL backups away from the NFL.
0: Yeah, I mean you got to think if you, I mean Teddy Bridgewater, if your team goes four 0 um, in the in one month, then you're making sixteen grand that month. Yeah, you're making your two two thousand and some change, and then you're getting like two thousand and some change on a bonus for winning. So you go four 0 you're making sixteen grand. You don't, then you're making. So they're gonna they're gonna roughly they're gonna make around probably six thousand dollars a month, roughly. I mean, yeah, the XFL
1: is not stupid. If they're making enough money to pay the players more than they're going to, because the better the talent, the better the league's gonna be. So,
0: no, yeah, and that and then that's gonna yeah that'll only grow the popularity. So that's what I'm
1: interested to see happen. You know, there's a lot of good um, football players out there that there's just not enough room for them in the NFL and. Mm -hmm. The XFL has got to do a good job finding them. And I think what we'll see now is that since this league is um, up and running, that good players that don't make uh, – that aren't drafted or that don't make the team in the NFL will immediately go to the XFL or, or at least try to because in the past it's like, all right, if you didn't make the NFL, uh, you didn't make the team, you weren't drafted, yeah. Yeah, I uh, didn't make the practice squad. You just quit. Yeah, you're done. You're you just, sell, you're you, selling you insurance. Could, yeah, you could keep working out and all that, but most of the time those guys just find something else to do. And uh, now there's a league to where they can keep playing football, uh, yep. while they're still at their best. And I think that's going to be a big thing for XFL. So
0: yeah, no, I agree. Uh, yeah, I think they got a good thing going. They got momentum moving in the right direction. And uh, I mean, you can't ask for a better opening weekend than what they had. And so. All right. Week 2. You got the New York Guardians going to DC to play the Defenders. What's the spread on this one?
1: 5 points for the Defenders.
0: Really? The Defenders are favored. <clears throat> yep. Um I'm going to roll I'm going to roll with the Guardians here. Matt McGloin, efficient didn't have a great week, but I mean, he in an NFL system, seven starts with the Raiders, bounced around to a couple teams, played in the big league. Um, I'm gonna go with McGloyne and ride with the Guardians here. Again, I'm not I don't have any deep deep down analysis yet. Still gotta get more of a feel for it. Um Yeah, I'm going. I'm going with the defenders. Just because you saw him do that double reverse, Cardell Jones to the
1: uh, no, because I believe that the Guardians are the worst team that won this past weekend. Really? Yeah. I didn't feel that way. Not gonna I mean, honest. I didn't watch the game, but statistically speaking, they gave up the most yards. Um, they didn't put up a whole lot of yards. So they really relied on the, uh, the Vipers' mistakes to score points. But give them credit, man. They only gave up three points to a team that put up the most yards. Ben, don't break. Um, but I don't know, I just see the the defenders being able to finish their drives a little bit better, and then if if uh, they catch the defender's defense forced two turnovers last week, if they can catch them um, making some mistakes, then defenders, to me, are going to win
0: this game easily at home. Yeah. Okay, I like it. I'm going to be on opposites here. Um, yeah, I mean, we'll see how it goes, but. I don't know. I was watching it. And I was like, Cardell Jones wasn't really blowing me away. But then when you look at the stats, he had a really solid game. So
1: he was making some good throws. Yeah, a lot of clutch ones. You know, third down throws. Yeah, that they throws needed. they
0: really needed. Yeah. Um, all right. So, second game for Saturday, uh, which is the fifteenth. Uh, you've got the Vipers versus the Seattle Dragons. What's the spread on this one?
1: Uh, two and a half point favors for the Tampa Bay Vipers. Really.
0: Interesting. You you go first, because God, who the fuck knows?
1: Yeah, I mean, look, uh, the the dragon surprised me a little bit. To me, they should have covered the spread, but uh, quarterback throws big crucial mistake, pick six. Brandon
0: um, Brandon Silver's right. Yeah,
1: yeah. I mean, he played decent, other than uh, the, the interceptions he threw. So it was two pick sixes, didn't he? It was two picks for sure. I may think have, they
0: both got taken to the house? Pretty positive.
1: Yeah, it may have been, but um. I'm going with the Vipers here just because um, the amount of yards they scored and then they, they rushed the ball for 150 yards this past week. And uh, You said the amount
0: of yards they scored?
1: The amount of yards they uh, <laughs>
0: did whatever with. <laughs> they gained. They
1: didn't score many points, but uh, I think that's going to change if they can take care of the football. Um yeah, I mean, if they lose this week, then you can say goodbye to, to them.
0: <laughs> yeah, I think I'm going to go with the Vipers there, too. You said it was three or three and a half? Two and a half. Two, okay, two and a half, even better. Um, yeah, I'll roll with the Vipers there as well. So, first game on Sunday, you got the Renegades versus the Wildcats. This game's in L.A., so Renegades going on the road, um, which I don't know if you noticed. I don't know if I said this last week, but the Renegades have Treston Deku. Um Shout out Lakeshore High. I think I did say this last time. Um playing corner for him. So so yeah, last week Wildcats lost by 20 to the Roughnecks, and then obviously we know the Renegades lost by six to the Battlehawks. So what's the spread on this one in LA? Um
1: The the Renegades are favored by four and a half points.
0: All right, I'm gonna go with the Renegades there.
1: Yes, yeah, so I'm going with the Renegades as well. Landry Jones is playing this week. Yep. Uh they say expect this offense to look that might be a, a whole lock. lot different. They're going to score more than 9 this week. That might be a lock right there. Yeah, well, I'll make a lock uh Are you going to do
0: a big easy bet <laughs> That'll this probably week? be. Yeah, that'll probably be my big easy bet, the Renegades on the road against the Wildcats. Fuck LA, dude. I don't like LA. Um All right. Well, then you got the Roughnecks and the Battlehawks. Uh Both coming away with wins. Battle Hawks were big underdogs last week. They come away with an outright win over the preseason number one team, the Dallas Renegades. So what's the spread on this one? This is in uh, Houston.
1: Yeah, the Roughnecks are eight-point favorites in this one.
0: Oof. Oof.
1: All right, you go. (laughs) (laughs) I'm going to go with the Battle Hawks here. Yeah, I think I am too. Um, That's a
0: lot of points.
1: Because... Uh, their ability, they ran the ball really well, took care of the football. Um, to me, if they can do that this week, they'll be able to keep the ball out of PJ Walker's hands. That's his name, right? Yeah. Um,
0: yeah. He. And I think
1: good. we're just we're only going to learn more about it this week. I mean, still these spreads are still up in the air. I mean, yeah, we haven't. I expect to see them fluctuate a lot. The by super the, time of
0: kickoff. the super wide spreads like that. I mean. It's hard to go with the favorite because it's like you've only seen them play one game. So, who knows? So, yeah. I'm going to go with the Battle Hawks there as well. Um, eight points or eight and a half? Eight. Eight. Okay. So, to recap for me, um, going with the Guardians plus, what are they, two and a half? No. Plus five. Five. Right. Um I don't have any of the spreads in front of me. Nick's got them all. I'm going to go with the Vipers minus two and a half over the Dragons. I'm going to go with the Renegades minus four and a half over the Wildcats. And then I'm going to go with the Battlehawks plus eight over the Roughnecks. And then I think we have all the same except you have the Defenders, correct? And then
1: your big easy bet is that the Renegades minus four and a half?
0: Yes, so my lock of the week for the XFL is going to be the Dallas Renegades minus four and a half over the LA Wildcats.
1: Okay, I'm gonna go with um, the D. I- the DC Defenders minus five, the Tampa Bay Vipers minus two and a half.
0: Let me guess your lock after
1: you go through. The Dallas Renegades minus four and a half, and the St. Louis Battlehawks plus eight.
0: And then your lock's gonna be the Vipers. Yeah, I fucking knew it. <laughs> Nick's a big Vipers guy. He was preseason Vipers guy. So he's he's, he's yeah. So if he's they lose, throw, if Vipers they win.
1: lose this week. Then I'm off the Vipers train, <laughs> and I'm headed somewhere else. All right.
0: I like Houston, though, too. I told you all about Houston plus 900 on the um Closest in proximity to us, too. So we can go hop, skip, and a jump. We can go see old uh, PJ in person. So something to always keep in mind. Um, so, yeah, I mean, it's no secret. It's pretty slow time right now. Uh, XFL just getting started, so that's promising. Um College basketball, obviously, is in full swing. Like I said, all of my picks will be given out on HTMSports.com. Uh, March Madness is just around the corner, so we're uh, we're going to be doing something big for March Madness so you, everybody can stay tuned for that. I mean, March Madness is probably my favorite time of the year. I'm not going to lie. You got 64 games in a two-day span. I mean, what more can you ask for? I almost – i. I almost don't even know what to do my, with myself on those days. Like I just sit there and it's like overload. You want to bet on every single fucking game, but you know it's not smart. So but got to work to get there, build up the uh build up the bankroll to so we can uh so we can go nuts when March comes and give it all back. But all right. What else you got before we before we hit the road? Anything? Um
1: yeah, LSU's got a top five recruiting class for uh twenty twenty. Gotta love it. So reload. Um we had a top fifteen recruiting class the year that we got Joe Burrow. So um we're only going up and I'm so excited we're only getting see, better.
0: I'm so excited to see Eric Gilbert, the tight end. I think he's gonna be a stud. Yeah,
1: and we'll talk more, I guess, about LSU football. Um when it gets a little bit closer and, you know, we start doing media days and spring football and yeah. all of that.
0: But, uh you know, the hire of Bo Pelini is, is a big hire. A lot of people are freaking out over – um who's the passing coordinator we just got from Dallas? Scott oh. L- Linehan, Linehan, something <laughs> Lin- like that. Linehan, yeah, that's who it is, Linehan. <laughs> <laughs> I'm bad with the name. Yeah, Scott Linehan. Um a lot of people are freaking out over that. I don't understand he's not the offensive coordinator, he's the passing game coordinator. If he's not as good as Joe Brady, then Ensminger's gonna be calling the shots. Look, football's not rocket science. Yeah, no, okay, that's what I'm where he's... the
1: real hard shit the uh, football coaches have to do. Yeah, play calling and all that's important, yep. but the the rocket science of it is the innovation. Yeah and we saw that with <laughs> Joe Brady and but uh, Ingsbangers learned everything that Joe Brady brought to, to LSU. That's
0: what I was saying. It's not like he's calling these plays in secret. It's yeah. not like they're having these secret meetings so nobody can get his, so, his, um, his sauce. Like Scott
1: Linehan, man, I, I like to hire. Yeah, um,
0: No, it's an NFL guy. He's going to draw people in. Thinking, yeah, he's a
1: former NFL coach. Yep. He's a head former NFL head coach. So, I mean, look, that's big for recruiting. It's um, big for transfer guys that uh, want to make it to the NFL. Yep. And um yeah, like it's just big for recruiting and uh
0: Yeah, it, it it's developing do players. More, it's way more good. It way more positive than negative. So everybody out there on social media freaking out, take a step back and uh take a deep breath. We're gonna, the the Bellini be okay.
1: hires big time. Yeah. You know, what I mean he kind of fell off for a little bit, but where was it,
0: he? Nebraska?
1: Yeah, I mean, but he was LSU's defensive coordinator the year we won a national right? championship. Uh, earned himself the right to be the uh, Nebraska Cornhuskers head coach, won a a decorated football program. Yep. Um, Yep, yep. And it's just big to have him back, especially replacing a guy like Dave Aranda, who, in my opinion, was the best assistant coach in all of football. Um, Yeah, but uh, good luck to Aranda at Baylor. Oh no doubt. Maybe they'll I wish win him, the. Uh,
0: I wish him nothing but success, dude. Everybody 8-12. out there hating on him. It's like, come on.
1: Yeah. No nah, man, he gave us his all. He could have left before we won the national championship, in my opinion. But he stuck around. Yeah. And waited for a better job opportunity. You know, they were saying UNLV, and I'm like, I wouldn't go there if I was around. Yeah,
0: is it worth it? Yeah. No, I'm. I'm so fucking excited for college football to come back, and it just ended. Like. Just counting down the days, but we got XFL to pass the time. We got March Madness coming up. There'll be a lot, the NFL draft is coming up. So there's going to be a lot of stuff going on. We got to figure out what's going on with Drew Brees and that carousel, Taysom Hill. Where's Teddy Bridgewater going? Is he staying? There's a lot that's going to play out in the Yeah, coming but weeks. you
1: mentioned Eric Gilbert. Oh, yeah. And, uh, to me, that's a big reason why Thaddeus Moss is leaving early to go to NFL. Oh, he yeah. could have stayed for another year of eligibility. No, he but knows.
0: He knows this dude's gonna be as a
1: freak. good as Thaddeus Moss is. Eric Gilbert's uh, a a real freak out
0: there. He's gonna walk in and be the best tight end in the nation. Yeah, so. he, he's
1: gonna be the real deal, and yeah, it's exciting. I think Miles Brennan's gonna rise to the occasion and and do very good things for LSU.
0: Yeah, no, I do too. So we'll see what happens with all of that as it gets a little closer. We'll keep everybody updated on any. Uh, information that we find out um all right well that'll wrap it up episode 28 approaching the big three zero. um yeah i mean follow us on twitter at big easy bets follow hold the mayo at htm sports on all forms of social media um let's see what else spotify soundcloud apple podcasts uh go subscribe give us five stars leave us a review um and if anybody's got any questions about a game that we didn't cover, go to our Twitter, Big Easy Bets. Uh, you can leave us a message, and we'll let you know what we're thinking. And uh, we'll go from there. But other than that, I think that'll do it. That'll wrap up episode number 28. You guys have a good one. Who dat? We just to do what we do. We play like we play. We be us. We be special. We smell players.
1: We finish foul. Yes, on the top. One, two, three, four, four.